Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindegaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to the Glovers Cast. I'm joined this morning by Ben Barrett and Dave Coates is back from Helsinki. Good morning, lads. How are we all feeling today? I was going to try and say something in Finnish to you, but I don't know anything. I can say thank you, but that's about it. So I can't impress you with that. But I'm that all very well, thank you. That didn't sound Finnish. No, it didn't at all. What is thank you in Finnish? Kitos. Ah. There you go. Good. That's all I know. You say Educating that. the public. <laughs> is, do you know please? Or is it just thank yous? Just thank you, yeah, okay. yeah. I just point at things on a menu and then say, Kitos, Kitos. <laughs> Nothing Kitos. Not <laughs> <laughs> and Ben, how are you doing, mate? You're right. It's snoozy this morning. A bit snoozy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not interviewing a, a footballer this morning, otherwise it wouldn't have gone as well like last week. <laughs> a bit snoozy right. today. Lots of nice feedback for the chat with Josh. Oh, I hope was, so. Um, yeah, he was good, wasn't he? A great yeah, conversation. He, yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, good, good talker. Knew how to say the right things. Answered honestly. Yeah, good stuff. And he got ninety minutes in yesterday. Uh, ninety minutes on Tuesday. He did. Did he get ninety minutes yesterday as well, or did he come off for Williams? I think he... Williams start. No, Williams came off on the bench. Wait a sec. Looking down the team sheet. I'm going to say we should really be more prepared than this. Yeah. 
Oh no, Williams came on yeah. for Hunt, so Staunton's had two two rounds of ninety minutes. There you go, still so going. If he plays on Tuesday, he'll get injured, based on <laughs> based on the track record this week. So let's talk about Western. We we had a, a a man there, Ryan Jones. Thank you from the Green and Whites for doing our match report yesterday. Um, he did text me at one point and said the game was a or the second half was a bit like a training session for Western at points, um, which you know I think the manager sort of indicated he wasn't so happy with our defensive work yesterday whereas he was very pleased in the games before but you know one 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 at western supermare tom knowles don't fall in love with footballers saves the day a little bit again should we get worried at any point about these you know lack of goals drawing at western supermare only beating taunton one nil only beating Stratford 1-0. Like, I know it's pre-season and we can talk about how it's, you know, we're not conceding very many and the goal they scored yesterday was a, a worldie by all accounts. But, you know, this close to the season, should we be showing a bit more? You say this close to the season, it's still two weeks away. It's not like we're, it's not like we're starting on Saturday like the Premier League. It's still I mean, Rex, Rex and beat Fleetwood 4-0 in the week. Yeah, I... And I know it's, I know it's, you know, apples and oranges, isn't it? Uh, we're very much different, you know, at different stages of our preparation and different levels in terms of spend and squad and that sort of thing. But I don't know. I think I know. I know the manager said after Tuesday that he's happy with the defensive shape. The attacking stuff will come, and we'll take a bit of time to get into like a flow and find out. How, how we work going forward. But the one thing that struck me on Tuesday at Taunton was it didn't feel like we had a strategy as such when we had the ball. And, you know, I feel, you know, we gave town. I feel like we should be going to Taunton and really knocking the ball around and getting them chasing. But it was very much along the back, out to the fullbacks, cross from deep. There wasn't, there didn't seem to be a real like idea of how we wanted to play going forward. Yeah, but going off what um, uh, Josh Daunton said to Ben last week and what the manager said all through preseason about this being a controlled, you know, we were going to play, play this much more controlled way. Is that not that, you know, the the whole, it's not exciting, it's not, you know, bombing forward and, uh, and, and taking teams on. So if that's the way you're going to play when you start the season... That's, and and that's maybe slightly different to how we played last season, and definitely the way we played the season before. Is that not what preseason's for? Is practicing and uh, you know adapting to what that that is. So so maybe playing that way is the intention. Um, I think I, I don't think I've worried too much about results um, or you know uh, other teams playing well. I was, had a quick look at Western Supermare. They seem to have done all right in pre-season against some like on the 23 side from, from Premier League teams. So, um, yeah, results don't don't worry me too much. The thing that worries me more is probably injuries um, to the players that we got injured. And you talk about scoring goals. We've obviously only got one player who can seem to score goals at the moment. And that hashtag you put out, don't fall in love with footballers, 
uh, after a long flight back from Finland yesterday, I was really confused when I switched my phone on and I looked at that and thought, what the hell does that mean? But then <laughs> it slowly clicked in after that. But yeah, so so we've lost um, the striker who Ben's put, you know, a quid each way to be top scorer in the National League um, with hamstring tear, which I mean, I'm no sports scientist, but we sounds like we've got plenty of them at the club. Uh, so that doesn't sound like something that's going to be back in two weeks' time, if it is a tear, that is. That would worry me more. The injuries worry me more than um, than, than anything else. And the, listening to the manager speaking after the game yesterday, he was saying we've got to we've got to get recruiting. Um, we've got to start what is it? Start doing it properly or something like that. I think he said. So, yeah, sounds like somebody somewhere needs to whip out a checkbook and uh, get, get get spending. Get the company credit card out. <laughs> Can you buy footballers on credit? Uh, well, <laughs> we'll give it a go, I'm sure. I was thinking that with the performances, is it not a little bit as well playing to your strengths? You can't really play with a, a massive amounts of attacking flair if you haven't got the attacking options that maybe you want. I mean, you know, aside from Tom Knowles, we haven't got you know, massive amounts. I'm more than happy to go with Quigley on the first day of the season. And I would have been happy to go with Ruben Reed on the first day of the season as well. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. But our our strength seems to be that, that core quartet at the back. Staunton and Gorman probably will start, maybe Worthington. Um, and then the two centre-backs, likely to be Wilkinson and, and A.N. Other. That seems to be where our strength is because those are the players we've got and seem to be in a bit of form and seem to be doing the better of the action. So play to your strengths if that's what you've got. I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned I'm not panicked yet. Um, yeah, but we, we all know, we've all made no secret of it. We need some attackers. We've had a few trialists that are attackers. We've had a few people come and go, uh, but we need to kind of see see it now i guess i guess the the plan the ideal plan would have been to get that defensive shape sorted and and then in the final couple of weeks figure out your attacking options as well that i guess would have been the schedule that that darren Saar would have had in mind well now we're there so yeah it's time to it is time to start doing it and to your point about Wrexham, i just googled whilst we were talking they do two all with spennymore um yesterday so I'm going to say that's basically them out. I think it's sack the manager, get rid of the ownership, everything. They're, they're an absolute disgrace to football if they can only draw two all at Spennymoor. So. What league are Spennymoor in? don't know. Northern something or other, I'm okay. going to guess. So so was that fixture billed as Spennymoor versus Spendingmore? Hey! Oh, very good. See? <laughs> See? He's here yeah. all week, folks. He's here Thank all week. you very much. I may be snoozy, but I won't miss a pun at quarter past nine on a Sunday morning. <laughs> they look like they had some de- some, some of their, their better players out as well, I think. Um, yeah, a few youngsters in there, I'd say. But then we didn't have... Um, you know, they got Mullen, who's the one of their multi-million pound... Multi-million pound, one of their expensive players. <laughs> Hyde, Jake Hyde, they signed in for some money, didn't they? So they, they looked to have a half-decent team out there, so... There we go. Yeah, it's all sorted. Don't worry about it. Okay. It's going to be fine. I mean, you've taught me around now. It's going to be, <laughs> everything's going to be great. Um, yeah, so, I mean, let's let's go into the injuries a little bit. So, obviously, Reed was the headline one yesterday with his hamstring, which is worrying, um, down to one striker with Quigley. Mark Little, with, 
told there's complications with his injury, so we don't really nothing's officially been said about what the problem is or how long he's going to be out for. Um, Wilkinson missed out yesterday, just taking a precaution because he didn't want to risk tightness and cramp. Charlie Wakefield came on and then went back off again because he was feeling something in his thigh. Morgan Williams came on yesterday after coming back from injury, which is a good sign. And Toby Stevens, we've not seen anything of Toby Stevens since Stratford, I don't think, have we? And so uh, yeah, he played at Stratford, and and I think I said at the time looked looked decent when he came on. So surprised not to have seen more of him. Yeah, so maybe there's something there as well. But how many did the manager say we? Where he described it as threadbare yesterday, um, which is worrying. And, you know, should we be threadbare two weeks out from the start of the season? I mean, if any, are there any clubs who are threadbare? I'm sure there are. I, I don't look all the way through the National League, but I'm sure there are other clubs that have got injury. What, what about the, the trialists? Because I've obviously been away and not been picking up too much of it. But is it Zeal Ishmael? Is that how you Zelly. say it? Zelly. Zelly. Zelly Ishmael. You saw him at Taunton, Ian. What was what was he like? He seems to be attacking player, is he? Yeah, he, so he played on the left of midfield um, in the first half at Taunton. I mean, our first half performance wasn't particularly amazing in terms of going forward and, and attacking play, but when he got on the ball, he, you know, he was cutting, he's right footed, so he was cutting inside and wanting to get, you know, get in towards the goal. Um, he certainly, he was probably brighter of, of him and Wakefield in the first half. He was certainly the brighter of the players. I guess the fact that he started two games means we're probably taking him quite seriously. Um, otherwise, you know, the, the other trialists have all sort of come on, I think, haven't they? They've They've come on from the bench. So, yeah, two starts for him. So it wouldn't surprise me if, there's something there that's something that's going to happen. I mean, he's got bags of experience, so he probably fits the bill in terms of, you know, Darren Siles said they were looking for trialists who've got a CV. Um, and he certainly has that. Ben's got a CV. I'm sure <laughs> well, Ben would ben fancy you going, yeah. We've all got CVs. We all might get on soon. Um, no one scored as many goals for Coombe St. Nicholas as Ben Barrett, then, so... <laughs> That record. I, 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 that, that record genuinely stood for a little while, by the way. I'm not sure, <laughs> I, I'm not sure it still does, but it did for a while. Coombe legend. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know about Zelly. I mean, there must be he something was, there. He was worth £100 million. Was he? Yeah, do you not remember these? Do you not remember him? He's a bit of a, I think he's a bit of a, not a football manager legend, but sort of a, a, a computer game legend where he was quoted when he was in the Wolves Young yeah, Youth Academy. And um, someone basically said he was going to go to Real Madrid and be the first £100 million footballer. Oh. I, I, I need to find these quotes. I'm so underprepared yet again. But basically, he was in the Wolves Academy and people were talking about him as genuinely rocking the world like he is the next great thing. And um, yeah, I seem to remember something along those lines that he was... Real Madrid were keeping tabs and all the rest of it. And yeah, now, he, now he's... Well, now he's Let's sign him. Let's <laughs> sign him. Scott Scott could be in for a bit of a windfall if he does all right then. Exactly. I'm, I'm, yeah. 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 So, he's worth he's worth a hundred million quid. Um, but yeah, he's 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 had he's had plenty of injury issues as well. He's had he was out for a fair chunk of either last season or the season before with 
hamstring injuries. Um, oh, good. So I think, yeah, I think he's one of those that's sort of going to have to prove himself to be fit more than anything else. A bit like a few others that we've... He's in the right place to do that. I say, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Charlie Wakefield's come here and he's, he's, again, someone who at his very best probably wouldn't be in the National League, would probably be higher, but has just had just injury after injury after injury. I mean, you've had it before. It was Lawson Diath last season. You have to kind of take a bit of a calculated gamble on some of these lads, and maybe that's what we're doing with with uh, with Ishmael as well. We're just going to take a look and see how he holds up with three games pretty quickly. It'd be interesting to see if he's involved on Tuesday. And then, uh, yeah, go from there. Yeah. Did, he, did he play? He didn't quite play 90, did he? He played... No, no, he, he came off on Tuesday. Came. Yeah. Um, and did he come off yesterday as well? Yeah, Wakefield? Wakefield. And then Wakefield himself came off for the one that we haven't figured out yet, which is Charlie C. Yeah. Yeah, I so... figured him out. Come on, when I was here, you were figuring out who all these people are. Put yourselves together. I know, yeah. He only played a couple of minutes, so Charlie C. I don't even think we've got a picture of him, so... And, and, and uh, uh, what is it? Jake slash Tom Bombardum or Bomberham has gone uh he's uh he's gone and he signed for south, south shields. shields yeah he's gone our, our cult hero harlane oh yeah Bio. harlane's gone and he's what gone. about shane dalling he's gone as well as he appears yeah, so yeah Shane dalling he was one that we were actually considering he started a couple of games as well didn't he not or he started the first game possibly he came. He, he came on he set, came the on. whole second half at Stratford. Okay, so again, he's Forest Green. Got a fair few minutes in him, mm. but clearly not available. And then there was the other trialist with the best Scottish name ever, Sunny Blue Low Low Everton. Yeah. His his parents. One of his parents has got to be Everton fans. Is he part Scottish, part Brazilian, or something? I, I have no idea, but I, I <laughs> hope so. I hope we've got our own new Ben Burriton Diaz on the hand. <laughs> <laughs> where he's Scottish, but he actually qualifies for like Ecuador and goes off to the Copa America for us. It's um, not as good as Barrington Belgrave, but it's good, I think. Yeah. It's, it's right up there, isn't it? Mm. It is right up there. I'm just going to check the old Wikipedia. Yeah, it's a good name. Um... <laughs> it's a good name. That's what we'll judge him on. <laughs> we'll we, judge we, him we, won't, on his we name. won't judge him on goals because we don't <laughs> judge striking players by goals. So we'll judge him on his name. And I think he's doing well there. Yeah, 10 out of 10. No, 7 yeah. out of 7, sorry. Um, 10 out of 7. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 he was on hand for the goal, wasn't he? I think he sort of set up. Um, and fall in love with footballers. Yeah, he played a good one too with Wakefield before giving it to Knowles. Um, and Knowles does what Knowles does. So, I don't know. You know, we need more than however many minutes he had on the pitch. Maybe we'll see him on Tuesday night against Southampton. Do we think he's still around? Do we think that it's significant that we are giving trials to players who are under contract elsewhere? Is he well, at Watford still? Is he? Yeah, he is. so he's yeah, contracted he's to the end of the year. Okay. And I don't know whether that means we are in the process of, of finalising something or whether or not we are, you know, we just ask, can we have a look? Because he's been involved with Watford's first team this, this preseason. He played uh, alongside Troy Deeney as basically a number 10 in behind Deeney in a friendly couple of weeks ago. Um, he's come off the bench a couple of occasions. So he's clearly got a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a future there. Otherwise, he wouldn't be including him in that kind of level of preseason game. He's not just there to fill numbers. He had the number 10 shot on for, for a couple of games. So clearly they think something of him, but they've let him come to us 
whether it's a, just a, a gentleman's agreement trial thing or whether or not they are organising alone a deal to come down. Because there was a, a thing in the Watford, whatever their local newspaper is, saying that he was hoping to, to be involved a little bit more in the first team this season. And then here he is trialling for a Wilson, National League. He was at wasn't he? Yeah, yeah Wilson yeah, played against us once last year, scored a couple. His final goal in his final game was a genuine decent effort, yeah. Did Watford get Watford in the Premier League this season? Aren't they they go up. Correct. Yeah, yeah. so he's not going to. Highly unlikely he's going to get into um, Premier League team. I guess the fact that EFL's started now, we well, you'd like to think that we're going to see some players trickle down. Um, yeah, yeah, on, I think that's always like on loan. Yeah. I, I guess that's what the manager means. You know, I don't think the manager. The manager's not saying they're not looking at recruiting or they haven't been looking at recruiting and they haven't been doing things properly. But I think now it's going to be a case of, I guess, getting on the phone to whoever and saying, right, can I have this striker? We, you know, is he part of your plans? Can we have him? Can we have him? Can we have him? Because we yeah. probably need, we probably need five. <laughs> yeah, I would say, yeah. you know, we need to fill our loan quota now, don't we? Yeah, well, we've already got one. Oh yeah, in. of course. Yeah. Um. So we probably need to probably need to look for another four. Um. Yeah, I, I know what you mean about his quotes yesterday. If you, when you see them written down, we need to start our recruitment process properly. You kind of go, "That's not what you mean." I know, I know what you're trying to say, but that's not what you mean. So he doesn't quite get his lines right sometimes. Um. He means that they're going to have to start pulling the triggers that they were maybe going to hold off on pulling. Maybe they were going to have to start making the calls, like you say, that they they probably have lists as long as your arm of players that they can go, right, now let's go and get him. They've probably got free agents available. They've probably got all sorts. But, yeah, he doesn't mean they're going to have to start recruiting. <laughs> have you got a list, Ben? I have I have been looking, yes. Do you want me to go through my list? Is you and Pollock on it? It is not, but right. um, I, no. I mean, it can be. Well, then, yeah, you can go go through the list then. If he's not yeah. on it, that's fine. <laughs> if he's not on it, it's, it's somewhere <laughs> believable, yeah. <laughs> Who was the defender you called out? Bailey Cargill, wasn't it? He he's been playing for MK Dons, by the way. <laughs> yeah. He's a good player. Um, <laughs> That's why he didn't play for us last year. I know, yeah. So <laughs> I literally went through the a very very painstaking process of. I mean, any professional scouts out there will know the the effort I've gone through this morning. Um, I literally went on transfer marked and just clicked on free agents and organised by realism, and I found a few that maybe fit the bill, even if they are a little bit. Don't know. I think some of these might be a bit pricey, let's say. Um, so Kieran Agard is free, former Yeovil Town striker, scored a, a fair few goals. I think he's like MK Don's third highest ever goal scorer because MK Don's have existed for about 12 minutes, but he is right up there. I think he scored 100 plus goals for them. Um, he's available on a free, has been in this area before with both us and Bristol City. Beyond the realms of possibility, 31. Not the youngest of spring chickens the world's ever seen, but by no means over the hill either. No? Okay, good. Um, no, no, I, th I think, well, you know, at this stage, I, I'd take him. <laughs> I imagine he's probably... Yeah, but a minute ago, you were taking me and my Coombe St. Nicholas record, yeah, I so know, that's not, you, it's not a high know, bar. No, he's probably a bit better than that. Yes, I, he probably is. But again, you could, could you see a short-term thing where you kind of say, okay, Let's, if you've not got a club, let's go to Christmas. Let's sign a six-monther and see had, where the land lies in January. Do we know if he's had any recent injuries? Because if he has, that means he'll probably sign for us as well. Yeah, yeah, he's good. <laughs> <Can> <laughs> come. 
come and join the club. <laughs> um, well, you know, at this stage, yeah, I think if he's willing to, you know, come and have a go, then it's probably someone we should try to look at. You know, Skivo worked with him previously. Perhaps he can put in a call. Why not? My next name, I think this is going to be a bit much on the uh, on the wage front, by the way, is Nicky Maynard. Last yeah. seen at Mansfield Town, has had spells in the southwest with people like Bristol City, um, was recently at Newport County, but I think he might be a bit pricey uh, based on historical. And then there are three names that, um, that again, well, one of them will know, Shayon Harrison, formerly of, of this parish, of course, on loan from Tottenham Hotspur. Played a, a dozen or so games. Um, he has had injury problems. Uh, played for Wimbledon once or twice last season. But again, free agent um, and is available. Um, Andrew Nelson is a striker from Torquay United who didn't play for Torquay United because he was injured the whole downtime. <laughs> um, I think he played a few free season friendlies for them and then, yeah, got the whole season injured has been released, hasn't kicked a ball since playing and scoring a couple of goals in Scotland, actually. Um, Dundee, Premiership and Championship. So if he's in this part of the world, I've no idea if he's a, a Southwest fella or whatever, but some of his early career is just Sunderland and Hartlepool's and Darlington. So I'm not sure he's going to be this part of the world. I can say that doesn't sound like the Southwest, does it? <laughs> no, but like I say, he was physically at Torquay for a year last year, might be one of a note. And the other one that, I wonder if he's, he's actually a genuine real chance. Does anyone remember the Barnet striker, JJ Hooper, who scored against us last season? We, we battered them 4-1, 4-2-ish. At, scored a good goal and he was constantly offside, if I remember that. Stream. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So he's available on a free. He's knocked about the, the, uh, the lower echelons of football. He spent time at Wrexham, Bromley, Northampton, Port Vale, Cheltenham. He's kind of done the rounds in lower league football. And he's the sort of person that... Again, it's Barnet, so it might be one of those where they commute from London and it's it's done been done a thousand times before for clubs in this part of the world. So he might be one to take a look at. I thought he might be. He's 27, stick him on a one year, and then he's the one you're kicking your teeth out that he's not, that he gets snapped up by a half-decent League Two club next year or something. Um, Nicky Jose and Alex Fisher both got released by Exeter. Uh, Alex Fisher, obviously we've seen before. Nicky Jose was linked with us every darn transfer window during the Football League times and never turned up. Um, but again, they're both free agents. Now, I know that they're going to have Football League wages and stuff, but, you know, we're getting to the point now where, okay, no Football League clubs picked you up yet. Um, do you want to drop down and have a crack at this level one more time? Yeah, they'll come back time, won't they? There will come a point where these players need to find something. Um, Ishmael a... Miller not on there? <laughs> there's a bit. the only there's missing a... one, I think. There's a bit of a theme to the, some of those players, isn't there? In terms yeah. of injuries and that yeah. sort of thing. But, um, that's but that's, why, that's why they're free yeah. agents at this stage of the season. And that's what we talk about, calculated gambles. It was right to take the calculated gamble on Lawson Diaz. We just didn't know we were going to lose him for as long as you were going to lose him. We said last year, didn't we, that if you get him for 40% of the games at his very best, you've probably it's probably been worth a gamble. Arguably, the same could happen for for Wakefield this season, where you might not get him for an awful lot, but when you get him at his best, it's probably worth it. 
And we hope that that's going to be the case for one or two others. Maybe Ruben Reed starts falling into that category. Maybe Mark Little, who hasn't played massive amounts of football in the last few years, but what he brings in terms of leadership and what he brings in terms of when he is available with a perfectly capable other option in that position in, in Alex Bradley, you're making calculated gambles. And I do wonder how many of these other lads are going to have to be calculated gambles, whether it is Zeli Ishmael, whether it is plucking an injured guy out from from Torquay who hasn't kicked the ball in a year. Sometimes they're going to look stupid. You never know. You might find one that bags you 10 goals and whatever, but we have to start. We have to start looking. I, I would be, I'd be a little bit disappointed if there aren't extra forwards in and around the squad over the next couple of weeks, whether it's trialists or loans. Um, yeah, we, we have to now, don't we? Yeah, I think my overriding feeling is that it's a shame that we're in a position that we have to take calculated gambles. That's a, that's that's a much wider, longer term. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's a, yeah, you, know, that's you not mean it's a shame can... in terms of we don't have the money? Is that is that the shame? Yeah, or is it a shame the... that we're in the national league and <laughs> we have to play that card. Yeah, it's a shame we don't have the infrastructure to be able to, you know, be out there saying we want this player and we're going to do everything to sign him rather than we're just going to wait until the others have decided what they're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, you know, we were in the football league two years ago, three years ago. Yeah. It wasn't (laughs) long ago that people were waiting for us to make our decisions. Yeah. You know, rather than the other way around. That's a, that's a much wider issue. Yeah. That's far more beyond. (laughs) Oh no. Our striker's a bit injured. Let's not get into that this morning. You're tired and Dave's Dave's not lunchtime nearly. Have we signed a, a striker on your time zone yet, Dave? No, no, no. Hey. I did have a word with Timo Pukki while I was out in Helsinki, <laughs> but apparently he saw it in Norwich. So, oh, and I can't yeah. think of any other Finnish footballers. So, Alex <laughs> Bradley. Alex Bradley, yeah, yeah. There was a statue to him in Helsinki. Statue. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. So we got (laughs) (laughs) We got the game against Southampton on Tuesday and we've got Bournemouth on Saturday. So that just the two preseason friendlies left before we head to North Wales. I think, you know, you Ben, you said hopefully there'll be more in a couple of weeks. I'm looking at Tuesday and thinking we could do with them for Tuesday, really. If we've got two games left, there's not gonna be a lot of opportunity to um, get them familiar and get them playing with each other again. Um, what 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 do you really want to see in the next two weeks from the club? What what is you know best case scenario that we can get ourselves to to um, before we go to Wrexham? Dave, you want this first? Or... Well, I was thinking of what I really wanted to see at the club before the first game of the season, but I won't say that. So uh, I would like to see, we've spoken about it today, haven't we? More attacking players coming in. That seems to be the problem. I'm pretty confident that our our midfield and our defence is probably is what it is going to be, isn't it? I mean, the, we could probably pick, even based on the players that are out injured, who we've got in defence, um, goalkeeper included in that, and, and who we've got in midfield, and probably say that that's not a bad position for us to, to be in. It's just the forward line, isn't it? 
because at the moment the forward line is Joe Quigley, and there's no way I'd want to go to Wrexham with just Joe Quigley. As no, I have no nothing against Joe Quigley. I think he's he would definitely be um, one of our starting players. But um, uh, yeah, that that is the one thing that I want to see is uh, <laughs> you'd you'd like there to perhaps be a bit of risk that Joe Quigley wouldn't be a starting player. Exactly. He's basically yeah. a starting like think, player by default now. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd like to think he's the one coming on. Uh, well, I'm not saying, but, but but fighting for a place, isn't he? And if he comes off the bench, you want him to put in a real performance. But at the moment, he probably, well, I'm sure he's not sitting back and thinking he can. he's going to start anyway. But um, it might be. But yeah, uh, a bit more more pressure on him at the moment. At the moment, I don't see any pressure on him at all. But, so yes, more more attacking players. Please, thank you. That's very polite. Um, Kitos, Kitos. Kitos, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I would like, I'd like to see us in a position now because the, what the Ruben Reed injury does do is it probably forces our hand tactically. We have to go with one and we have to go with maybe sort of a three in behind, you know, someone coming in. I mean, this is the sort of game where you'd, this is the sort of position we'd be in where you would want Alpi Skendi, wouldn't you? Just to be in that number 10 role, unfortunately. Um, that's not going to happen. So I I want us to be in a position where our whatever our tactics are, whether it is a flat 4-4-2, um, to quote the great um, Mike Bassett, or <laughs> or whether it is the diamond that we are kind of like, right, okay, this is the tactic. I want to know by the time we're done on next Saturday, what our, what our, not just our lineup is for Wrexham, but how we're going to attack it. Because it's all well and good going to Wrexham and saying you aren't going to score, but I'd quite like us to win one nil rather than draw nil nil. So um, if it is on the break, if it is sort of that way inclined, whether we do go with Knowles and and Wakefield or whatever it may be, as sort of attacking options alongside uh, Joe Quigley, that's what I want. I want to know. I want to know what we're going into Wrexham with. And at the moment, I don't tactically or personnel wise know enough but that's the point of pre-season that is the point of pre-season but now we get into the business end of that and we need to start nailing ourselves and nailing how we're going to attack this season and the extra striker or two would be nice the business end of pre-season oh that was awfully cliched wasn't it <laughs> that was horrendous i'm better than that i'm better than that <laughs> And I just add at this point that I was very impressed to see Darren Sell being more Barrett in his post-match interview yesterday, talking about how it was a really good thing that Western Supermare <laughs> were giving us the runaround. And that's a sign of a championship winning crew. I did think that was really pulling the Be More Barrett right out of the bottom of the barrel, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> they, they all listen. Yeah, that was one of my thoughts as well. Um, you know, it's yeah, good that we can... Hold Western Supermare at 1 0. And, uh, you know, it's a sign of championship trophy winning teams to, uh, <laughs> to claw it back. Yeah. At Western Supermare. So, what do you want to see, Ian? We told you what we want to see. What do you want to see? No, I'm not telling you. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, um, I think, you know, we're, we're all on the same page, really. Um, more players. <laughs> More players, more competition for places. Um, I think Ben raised a good point on, like, you know, the tactics and how we're going to play. And that's the one thing that I, you know, that I got out of more so Taunton than Forest Green, because I thought against Forest Green, you know, they're a team that 
are above us in the pyramid. They keep the ball. They're in the playoffs last year. You know, they were they were a team that we were going to have to show that defensive side against. Whereas I thought going to Taunton, I thought we would see more of an attacking, you know, an attacking strategy. Um, and you know, the manager's comments after saying we'd have to wait till early September before we see that. I mean, that's probably going to be pushed back now because our main focal point is going to be out in Ruben Reed. Um, yeah, I think it's just seeing how we're actually going to approach games attacking, you know, when we attack, because there's going to be games where we will have the ball. The other team, the other team won't want the ball because they want to defend as well. And I think it's knowing how we're going to break down a team that sits back and I just don't see, I don't see how we're going to do that right now. Um, those relationships, you know, in the middle of midfield and between the midfield and the attack isn't, isn't there yet. And I guess, you know, as a club, we're hampered by a lack of numbers because they can't do 11 v 11 on the training pitch and work that out. I don't know why they can't. I don't know why we aren't getting in, you know, why aren't the under 18s, why aren't they just all together? If the numbers are that low, can they not pull in some under 18s and, Get them all well, together. They did, to... didn't they? they? They have got that Ollie Haste lad. Yeah, I was going to say that's a new name. He's a youth team player, is he? Yeah, yeah. he's come through the elite performance, the, the Yeovil College relationship. But what I'm saying, you know, that's one. We need, by the sounds of things, we need all 11 of them on the training pitch with the first team so that they can, you know, set up tactically and, and you know, play. Yeah. I don't know whether there's COVID protocols in place that prevent what haven't they only just come back the under 18s like just like this week yeah maybe but they've not all been in like you know greece on the beers all summer have they (laughs) (laughs) they're under under 18 of course not (laughs) so so there's probably a certain level of um you know level of fitness there to just you know even just have a body in front of you rather than a, a what are those Big Cone. mannequin things that they <laughs> out for free kicks. Like they're not going to chase Ruben Reed around, are they? They're not going to chase. I don't think anyone's chasing <laughs> Ruben Reed around for a while. <laughs> no, no. But to, to a point on Ruben Reed at, at Taunton, he, he he looked he he looked a different player. There was a point where he picked the ball up on the halfway line, and we're talking sort of eighty minutes in, and he sprints past the Taunton fullback and like takes him on the outside like the type of run that we would not have seen last year maybe maybe that's why <laughs> maybe that's why we are where we are this morning with Ruben but he's yeah no, yeah I said I think I said after the Stratford game he definitely looks less of a less of a man than he was uh, last time there's a lot <laughs> less of him than there was last season and uh, and and he definitely looks fitter and sharper and I think I said when I was uh, accused of uh, of pulling him apart unfairly, that if he's a kind of player who, uh, you know, if he does what he did for some of last season, some of last season, and gets involved in in, in games. But um, I think you might have also said, Ian, uh, at Taunton, that his body language was very 
on well, not what you would you would you would want to see. And I, I, yeah. I think that was probably my big thing with him when I saw him last season was that he didn't look involved or wanting to be involved for for, for a lot of the time. Well, um, that and was not... in the. I mean, that was in the first in the first half when he just did not see the ball. The midfielder every time, like the midfielders would, they just weren't finding him. And I think it was probably that it was well, yeah, it would have been an, uh, the frustration at the fact that he was getting into positions and that final ball just wasn't coming to him at all. Whereas in the second half, he got the ball a lot and totally changed, you know, totally changed his demeanour. And I think, you know, when you're a striker with the experience of Ruben Reed, you probably want the ball into your feet up front, not tossed up to try and head it or just booted down the channels to run onto. That's not what you are. That's probably fair. I think it's it's a little bit unlucky that he's obviously going to be missing for what six eight weeks probably minimum. Yeah, it's it's almost it's almost reasonable that two of those weeks are not going to be of importance. But if it's a bad one, if it's a if it's a bad one, you're looking at six to eight weeks, aren't you? It's it's unfortunate, but I guess you have to deal with the cards that you're dealt in a certain way. But yeah, yeah. Seem to put a lot of eggs in the Ruben Reed basket this year, and we put a bit of pressure on him, and now he hasn't even got a chance to sort of recoup that. Yeah, I guess we just have to wait and see how bad the tear is. But a hamstring at thirty-three isn't <laughs> the best news. I'm not sure what his uh, regular yoga um, schedule is like. Whether he's a nice supple hamstring anyway, but. Yeah, you're probably not. You're, you're probably not. A bit uh, early on a Sunday morning to be talking about rumory supple hamstrings, Ben. I think. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't fill you full of confidence, does it? Because even in six, eight weeks' time, he's probably going to need a bit of time to get going again. So, yeah. What about the two quid you've lost as well? If he doesn't finish top scorer, never saying that again. Don't Sorry. tell the missus you've put that one on. Sorry, I've also had a couple of quid on Paddy Madden. He'll be fine. <laughs> he scored a couple yesterday for Stockport, didn't he? They won five nil against. Not sure. No. Not sure. Western Western A team. We played Western B team. <laughs> <laughs> well, that felt a bit doom and gloom, didn't it? Well, I feel uh, I feel down about things. To be honest with you, I just it, it's okay to feel down about things. It is because we're all frustrated. I think from what we've been told that there is there is a focus on just realigning ourselves and this is going to be a different side. We all want to go and beat Western 4-0 and we all want to go and beat Taunton 5-0 and Stratford 6-0 and all the rest of it. But we're being told that that is not, not the way we're going out, <laughs> out to do things. We go, we're going out to stop teams playing. We're going to go to Wrexham and try and stop them playing and try and grab one on the break or something. Look, this is not a secret. I'm not trying to... No, I know. That, that's just how we're going to do things this year. We've been, be we've been spoilt by Gary Johnson free-flowing football for in recent memory. <laughs> we even Darren Sal free-flowing uh, football yeah, in, yeah, in I'm say, 1920. First, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a Gary Johnson thing. It's just we gave too much away last year through our own sloppiness, our own um, you know, poor discipline and, and things like that. We gave too much away, and that's something that we cannot afford this year. And that's actually – I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with that. But we need to just readdress the balance a little bit and make sure that it's all well and good saying we're going to be defensive and try and catch teams on the break and all the rest of it. But 
you still have someone at the other end to do the catching on the break. And yeah, you can't you can't rely on Tom Knowles for every day. The prospect of being the Burnley of the National League doesn't fill me with hope. <laughs> well, I think uh, Darren Sowell's got the right voice to be Sean Dyche, isn't he? He does. He does sound like he needs to have a good cough. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. And he described them as he described us as wet lettuces. Yeah. And so... ruddy hopeless, wasn't it? He said the uh, free attacking free kicks were ruddy hopeless. <laughs> oh well. Well, thanks for the chat this morning, gents. <laughs> yeah, really it's been, by it's, that. Been, it's been great. Uh, Ben's going to have a chat with uh, Alex O'Loughlin, ex Glovers media man and current Southampton media man. And Alex is going to cheer everyone up and tell us all the brilliant players at Southampton. Who will be signing for us on loan? I think say, that's the whole premise of this conversation, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a scout. It's a scouting. Ben's up this scouting level from transfer marked to Southampton under 23s. <laughs> and they're going to all come down and all sign on the dotted line on Tuesday night. So we're led to believe. There you go, Allegedly ben. By, no allegedly by who? <laughs> led to believe by this future conversation that has not happened yet. Yeah. But for the listeners of the Glover's cast, will happen imminently. That's your first question to Alex. Who, yeah. who, who are you saying? And when can we, can we get him here for Tuesday? <laughs> well, well they, are all, they are all coming on Tuesday. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's a pleasure for us. Fantastic. Right. Cheers, lads. We've had the chat about Western Supermare and everything that's gone before it. It's now time to take a little look forward. And we've got a spy in the camp, a mole in the team of the Southampton unit. The B team are in town at Hewish Park on Tuesday night. Standard uh, tickets are available and all that governs as well. But we're going to take a little look ahead because I'm not entirely sure what to expect out of a Southampton B team. But one man who can probably shed a little light on things is former Yeovil Town Press Officer Supremo and now part of the media team at St. Mary's as well. Alex O'Loughlin, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. That's a very nice introduction. It's the nicest one I've had in a long time. So thank there you, you go. Well, you're, you're, you're royalty around these parts. You're, you're good players. That. Well, when it comes to media officers, we treat them well. We looked after Sam when he's been on. We've looked after Jimmer when he's been on. So you're royalty around these parts. Don't worry about that. We were just trying to work out off air whether this is your second or third appearance on the Glover's cast. We think it's yeah. second. No hat-trick ball just yet. No, not just yet. I think this is my brace. So now I can I can fully focus on going for the hat-trick now, hopefully. You can. You'll be definitely snatching the ball off us for a penalty shootout at the end, won't you, to get that hat-trick? Yeah. Do I get a signed football if I get the hat-trick appearance? I'll certainly sign a football for you. I'm more than happy to do that. Yeah, Lovely. absolutely. Definitely. Good. Um Obviously, you're part of the you're part of the setup now at Southampton, but you are still a Yeovil Town former employee and more importantly, a Yeovil Town supporter. We've obviously not been on, not had you on for a little while. Let's look backwards first before we look forwards. What did you make of Yeovil last season? It was uh, just an almighty roller coaster of all kinds of stuff last season. How how do you sum up from from afar? Yeah, it had a bit of everything, didn't it, last season? I mean, the restrictions still in place from COVID. For me, following from afar most of the time anyway, it felt even more detached from it, just from the point of view that didn't really get the opportunity to watch us at all, um, okay, other than the odd occasional stream that I managed to catch. So it was, it was kind of hard to feel part of it, which I'm sure I know a lot of fans would have felt the same, not being able to go to Jewish Park or follow the guys away from home. I think for me, it got to a stage, certainly after Christmas, where it felt like this 
this was going to be our last shot with that group of players. I mean, we went through that initial rebuild when we dropped back down into the National League and it got to a point where we're like, right, it's sort of now or never for this group. And it felt a sorry end for them in the way, if you like. I feel like those guys that came in and played a massive part in reconnecting everyone at the club probably deserve to, to go out in a better way in terms of results on the pitch. And also it would have been nice for them to have that support that we had in that 2019-20 season, again, last season. So, yeah, it was just a season that by the time you got to the towards the end of it, you were just begging for it to finish, I think. Yeah, um, you just wanted to get it done and let's reset and go again this season where hopefully we can have fans back again and yeah let's just try and find some momentum but certainly last season I think inconsistent was probably the the word for it in terms of results and also selection because of injuries and all sorts of other things it just felt like every time you looked at a team sheet there was at least five or six changes and it doesn't matter what level you play it if that's happening I don't think you're ever going to be able to string results together to be honest so um yeah I don't think last season's going to be one that anyone remembers for any period of time at all it's not going to be one that people look back on fondly in any way it will be forgotten about and hopefully uh like I say this season can be one that we can actually get behind and enjoy slightly more you talk about the um the lack of fans and stuff obviously you're you're attached to Southampton who would have been expecting far bigger numbers and as a, as a result far far more noise when when you were attending Southampton games or even sort of uh, youth level games, reserve games for Southampton, do you feel like you noticed the lack of fans even more at that level? Because at Hewish Park, it would have been still great to have 3,000 people there, but you would have obviously been at St Mary's where we would have been expecting tens of thousands. Yeah, it was, it was definitely strange. I think what it really did do was home advantage, as we always refer to, basically didn't exist in any way, shape or form. I think yeah. for, for Southampton going away from home and for teams coming to St Mary's, teams could rock up and know that they weren't going to be the underdogs and, you know, have 30,000 fans screaming against them. Um, so we saw a lot of games that actually were probably better to watch on paper because both teams are able to just go at it without, you know, naturally away teams tend to sit behind the ball and soak up pressure and hit on the counter. But without fans there, there were a lot more evenly contested games, I'd say. But yeah, for, for Saints not having, you know, 30,000 fans at St. Mary's and being able to, to have that 12th man, um, I mean, it's no secret that Southampton are relatively small in terms of, you know, assets that we have player-wise. So when the likes of Man City and United and Chelsea and those guys come to town, you, you kind of need that cliché 12th man, if you like, to try and make it an atmosphere that's hard for teams to come to. So um, yeah, already we've played a couple pre-season friendlies uh, in the last week or two and had, you know, only eight or 9,000 fans back. But just having some noise back in the place, as you can see, it's given the players a lift again. So... Yeah, undoubtedly that would be huge going into this season for for not just Saints, but to be honest, every team up and down the country. Well, let's let's talk about this season then. And with your Yeovil hat on again, we've seen a bit of turnover. We've seen a lot of experience leave, a lot of characters leave, but we have seen players come in. Maybe not quite in the number that we were we were hoping for, and we have a couple of weeks left. What do you what do you kind of put on this season for the for for this group? Are you expecting to be the top of the table, bottom of the table? Just happy to stay up. Yeah, it's, it's the unknown again, isn't it? I think, you know, like I said earlier, the, the group of players that we lost in the summer were part of that first rebuild when we came back down. And certainly now we've, we've basically had to go back through that process again and completely rebuild. So you just don't know where we're going to be until it's, again, another cliche, but until you get in the first 10 games and you can sort of make that first assessment. And then when you edge towards Christmas, I think by then you, you get a sense of really where you're going to set your store out for the season. I'd like to think that there's enough quality in there. I mean, people like Mark Little, if you can bring that kind of calibre of player in and get them on the pitch on a regular basis, there's, they're, they're going to make a huge difference for us. So, 
it's important that we, we try and get lucky with our injuries this season. It's the luck of the draw. But those guys, there's less of them, I'd say, than last season. There's less big characters. But the ones that we have, if we can keep them as fit as possible and get them on the pitch, there's, there's no doubt that they'll make a difference. But I really wouldn't want to make a prediction as to, to where we're going to be. I know we were, we were speaking earlier and saying that pre-season's so hard to make judgments on I mean I've seen pre-seasons where we've gone through unbeaten and then the season's been a real struggle and vice versa so until we get that first game out of the way and even then coming up against Wrexham I feel like that's not necessarily going to be the game to to make your assessment on it's it's hard isn't it have you have you been surprised at the the language that some of the new signings have used they've all been quite bullish uh, Martin Little said, I've got one more promotion in me. I've come to Yeovil to do it. Charlie Wakefield said, I feel like I'm a football league player. I'm just going to drag Yeovil along with me. Dale Gorman said he's here to get promoted. Are you are you surprised at that kind of language? It kind of sets the team up, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it, it's always got the potential to backfire if you end up in a relegation battle and <laughs> yeah. you've got all these lads saying they wanted to be at the other end of the table. But conversely, I, I like that from them. I like that players are arriving. They know that, I mean, you only have to walk into Hewish Park and realise for the level that we're at, it's it's a big club. Um, so for these guys to walk in and, and know where we belong, which is in the Football League, it's nice for them to come in and immediately set their stall out. I mean, I don't think anyone would particularly be enthralled if we were listening to these guys and they were saying, do you know what, I want to come in and if we can just battle it out in the middle of the table or let's just keep our heads above the water for now, I think we'd all be thinking, wow, this season's going to be a long slog. So mindset plays a massive part. I, I always remember, you know, the team in League One that got us up to the Championship, by no means in terms of budget or names on the team sheet which you've put them in in the playoffs or in a promotion part but togetherness and, and just having their mindset on the right thing went a, a hell of a long way with that team so if we can get anywhere near that then that would be that would be great I mean the caveat to that is we had Paddy Madden that season who was doing all yeah. sorts up front with James Hayes so I feel like that's the the missing piece at the moment isn't it but if we can get someone who can you know be half the player Paddy was for us then you know who knows what's possible. And we've seen it at this level, um, but the last two champions, Barrow went up with sort of nothing really before them. And then last year we had the same, didn't we, with Sutton United. So this league does have the shocks within it. We are expecting your Wrexhams and your Stockports and, and all the rest of it to be towards the top. But somebody will make a play. And I don't think anybody's quite ruled out that being us just yet. No, I mean, we've always really thrived on being the underdogs. It's kind of what yeah. we've we've made our name off of over the years. And I think no one's going to have us, you know, at the forefront of their mind when teams are talking about promotion. So that suits us. We're more than happy as a club and as a fan base to go, you know what, if no one fancies us, that's fine. We're still going to go about our business and we'll do it in our way. And I like that. It's kind of backs to the wall, everyone together, we'll get it done. It's that old, you know, achieve by unity motto. If we're all going in the same direction, then yeah, really anything is possible. I think this league, you know, people talk about the championship being super competitive, which it is, but this league now is getting that way. There's so many teams that will want to guarantee, a, you know, a spot in the playoffs or automatic promotion, and there's not enough teams to go into those places. So it's it's super competitive. But like you say, there's always one or two teams that come out of nowhere, make a run. Um, and why why shouldn't that be us this season? Yeah, quite right. It does feel like we have to we are on the precipice of requiring three up, three down, because it's just that jam-packed in the National League. There's seven playoff spots or seven sort of spots at the top, and genuinely, 15, 16 sides will be thinking at this point in time, we can nick one of them seven spots, and we are we are probably in that 15 or 16 bracket. So, yeah, it's going to be a super, super competitive season. Pre-season then, for Yeovil, it's been okay. 
The results have been all right, but we take results with an almighty pinch of salt. We've looked defensively fairly solid. Great to get certain players back on the pitch. Josh Staunton, Matty Worthington getting re-signed, players like that. I think we've got something akin to some defensive stability. and We're hoping that it'll stay that way for the foreseeable. You've alluded to it there. We need a little bit more firepower. We need a little something extra up front. That feels like that might be the only real significant gap, though, I think, going into the the main season, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I think it's easy to get caught up on all of the guys that left us, you know, your Jimmy Smiths and your Dickos and those kind of players, which don't get me wrong, they're they're massive misses. But like you're saying, Josh Staunton coming back, that's essentially a a new signing that we didn't really get to see at all last season. Um, Keeping a player like Worthy, who I think is fantastic in terms of his energy in midfield, but also the fact that he's been so vocal about he loves playing for Yeovil and he wants to be here, which is exactly the kind of player that I think has been missing over the last four or five years. So to have someone that wants to be here and to sign a new deal is is big for us. So they're massive positives. And like you're saying, defensively, we've we've looked sound. So the reality is, are we going to be able to find someone that's another Reese Murphy this quickly and with the budget that we've probably got at the moment? It's unlikely, but if we've got a defence that, you know, on average is only going to concede zero or one goal a game, that, that makes it a hell of a lot easier for, for those guys up front if we know that a goal or two is, is going to guarantee us points. Um, and I know we always talk about not falling in love with footballers. I know Ian's a, a big fan <laughs> of that one, but Tom, Tom Knowles has looked the class above since he's come into the club. So, I mean, he's not a striker, but even from pre-season and what we saw of him last season, he's going to contribute. So that will take some of the burden as well. I think... We can't just rely on strikers. It's going to need, you know, even Worthy, for instance, people like that are going yeah. to have to, to start chipping in from midfield and getting involved with that. So, yeah, I think they're amongst all of the doom and gloom, which I understand, there's still positives to pick out from it. Let's look a little further ahead then. This coming Tuesday, Hewish Park, Southampton's B team are in town. Uh, you cover the entire club at Southampton. You've watched a bit of the B team. You've watched a bit of the youth team. It is fair to suggest that with just a few days to go before the Premier League season kicks off again in earnest, we are expecting a young side, uh, a, a proper youth team, an under-23s, under-18s. Is that probably fair to say? Yeah, that's fair to say. So the B team kind of got rebranded. It was our under-23s last season. It's now the B team. Um, but yeah, essentially, it's it's our under-23s with a couple of uh, experienced heads chucked in. I mean, we've re-signed Ollie Lancashire, who started his career um, at Saints, but he's come in this summer. He's been at Swindon and all over the EFL over the past few years. He's come back in kind of like an experienced head in a, a dual sort of player coach role to, to guide these guys through. Um, but the way it's set up at Southampton is so... The, the first team play a very specific way under Ralph Hassenhutel with the, they play a 4-2-2-2 and they press high up the pitch and that's trickled down through all of the teams. So the B team will play exactly the same all the way down to like our under 10s and 11s. So the idea being that when these guys get to a point, they're ready to make the step up. They already know the way that the, the first team wants to play. So I'd anticipate a, a very high energy Saints team that, that Yoba will come up against, which, you know, at this stage, building up to the start of the season, it's probably a good test for them to come up people that, They'll, they'll be in their faces from the off. I was interested to read about Ollie Lancashire, obviously. Like you said, a little bit more experienced head. He wouldn't necessarily fit the youth team sort of mould. And it's funny, actually, I've noticed that Jimmy Smith has been playing for Chelsea's under-23s. And I just wonder if that's a little bit, sort of a, a, a signal as to what we might see a little bit more of, where these experienced heads are still physically able to do it, returning to kind of not just stand on the sidelines and coach, but be out there in the middle and physically drag a person around and shout, go there, be here, come to me. Do you yeah. think that's something we might see a little bit more of? 
Yeah, I think exactly that. I think we see so much, you know, Yeovil have been brilliant at it. When you take these young players on loan from these clubs, they go back a million times better from playing senior football alongside men who have been there and done it and seen it all. So I think certainly having someone like Ollie Lancashire in there, like you're saying, rather than being stood on the touchline or Monday to Friday and training, just directing from the sides, it's much easier for him to be on the pitch and, and they can physically see what needs to be done and when positionally where they need to be. So I think, you know, we've seen Jimmy doing it and Ollie's going to do it for the Saints B team as well. And it feels like the way forward, I think, especially for these guys like Jimmy and Ollie, who are kind of returning to their roots, if you like, where it all began for them. It's a it's a nice bridging gap for, for those guys going from playing into coaching, but also for the players to get to play alongside senior guys while still playing under 23s football. It kind of feels like a, a natural next step, really. Just looking at some of the teams, actually, that uh, the Southampton B-side have put out. They've uh, beaten Salisbury away 2-1 in pre-season and went to AFC Tottenham and put four past them. Let us uh, let me ask you a couple of questions about a couple of the players. Kasim Olagby. <laughs> Apologies, I've butchered that one. I don't know that's a D or an O. Kasim Olagby. He scored against AFC Tottenham. Is he a one to keep an eye out for from the uh, front line? Yeah, he's a very good player. So Kazim can kind of either play out wide or or up top, but he's he's so direct. So he'll get on the ball at just at run of players. He's always got a either a cross in him or a shot in him. He's been in really good goal scoring form so far in pre-season. Um last season in Premier League two, he was a really important player. Um signed a professional contract a couple of years ago and that expires uh next summer. So he'll be out to kind of make a point to Ralph and the first team that he deserves to stay on past that point. But certainly, I'd, I'd say attacking-wise, he's, he's definitely the, the one to watch for Saints B. Have they got a couple of trialists still? I noticed a couple of trialists and stuff still on the on the team sheets. Are they still are they still trialling and, and we're like to yeah. see a few different faces? Yeah, I believe there's a couple of trialists. I know they've had one in. He's played up front and scored a couple of goals against Totten and scored again against Salisbury. So I'm sure they'll be trying to keep him around to to have a look at him but the bulk of the squad is kind of there from from last season um I mean alongside Ollie Lancashire they signed Dinel Simiou from Chelsea who he captained their under 23s last season and they offered him a new deal but he he's actually a Southampton lad so he made the decision to to come home if you like but he's someone that I think sooner rather than later will end up in and around that first team environment so I think it's very much a short-term bridging gap for him to be in the B team so I, I think it'll be tough for whoever plays up front for Yeovil against, presuming Ollie Lancashire plays, he's obviously an experienced EFL head. Um, and Dinell, who is a, a very accomplished uh, youngster at, at B team level, I think it'll be tough for whoever does play up front because those two together, it, it's already got the makings of quite a good partnership, to be fair. Yeah, it certainly looks that way. Um, as for the team that, that comes down then, we're expecting young, which hungry, fast-paced. They've got... Um, They've got competitive football this season, haven't they? Were were they in the um, pizza paint pot trophy last year or is this the first crack at it? No, they've been in it for, I think they've done it pretty much since the offense. I think they've been oh, in okay. it for the five or six seasons that the 23 teams have been in. Um, what is it now? Is it the Papa John's? I feel like is it, it, Papa yeah, it's Papa John's. Is it pizza now. now rather than paint pots? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah I think we, we switched to, to pizza, which is more palatable than paint, I suppose. <laughs> so we're making a step in the right direction. Um Leighton Orient, gonna... Charlton and Crawley in the group by the look of it. Yeah, I, I don't think they got out of the group last season. Um, but I mean, again, it's an opportunity for them to, to play senior football. The one thing I'd say for them last season was that they probably had their five or six key players that never really played for them because they were always training with the first team. Um, so there was people like Will Ferry, who's now on loan at Crawley, um, Dan and Lundaloo, who's at Lincoln on loan now. And there's a couple of guys who are still with the first team now. So 
they kind of went a whole season where their five or six core key players actually never really played for them. So whilst it was the under 23s, it was mostly under 18s that were playing for them last season. So for them, it was more about experience. And I think it will be similar on Tuesday night. There, there definitely will be the guys that are sort of 21, 22 and knocking on the door of the first team. But there's there's a lot of the guys who are kind of 18, 19, and they're sort of making that step up into to 23s football. So, um, yeah, it'll be a, a good run out for them against Jovel, I think, actually. If... Uh... If a striker scores a couple of goals, can we just nudge him into the other dressing room? Just keep him. Nobody will notice. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything. Nobody's going to notice. Ralph know, will be well, fine know, with it. I know my way around Hewish Park. So when they're walking there back in, maybe if I just send them the wrong directions and if they accidentally end up in the home dressing room and someone hands them a shirt and takes Lock a quick the door. scarf picture, then yeah. Done. Once, well, once the picture's taken and it's out there, there's no going back from that. So no, we'll you're right. So try and get that done. Can you and Sam liaise sort of a bit hush-hush on the quiet and get that sorted? That'd be brilliant. Yeah, I'm sure we can do that. Or we'll, we'll just get the bus parked up somewhere else so they'll walk out to leave and actually find that they've just walked into a photo shoot. We'll, we'll set something like that up with Sam. Done. Easy. Sorted. There you go. See, Yeovil fans, you were worried about who's going to score the goals. We'll figure it out on Tuesday. It might be a little bit underhanded, but it's fine. It's fine. Sam, I mean, going to help us out. This trialist has been banging in the goals for, for our B team. So actually, maybe if, uh, if I have a little word with Darren Sartley, maybe he should look at him and, uh, I don't know, maybe we can come to an agreement where he switches sides at halftime or something. There you go. There you go. Could play for both. Yeah, it's best there of both worlds then. Exactly. If you want, I don't mind if Southampton want to sign him, pay his wages and then send him to us. That's really good. That helped for the yeah. budget as well. Yeah, that might be a harder sell. I don't know how a much tough sell. I'm going to have with that, but yeah. um, I'll, I'll certainly see what I can do. How much uh, do you reckon you're going to see of Yeovil this year? Obviously, you're going to be working a lot of match days, a lot of tough days. And is it is it tough when you kind of you want to watch games, you want to kind of be involved and and feel part of it, but you've kind of got your own thing to do first? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the thing that uh, I mean. There's a lot of things I miss about working for Yeovil, but certainly being able to be at every game and knowing that I was there for all of it was yeah. I really do miss that. Um, the thing I'm hoping for this year, we had a lot of games that were on TV last season, which inevitably meant Saturday three o'clock kickoffs basically didn't exist. There was a lot of Friday nights and Sundays and Mondays. So I'm hoping for more of the same, which should open up some brackets for, for Saturday afternoons elsewhere. I've still got to get that past my girlfriend because obviously football dominates this household. So if my free time is then taken up traveling somewhere to watch Oval, then that's a hard sell. So I'm going to work on that. But those Weymouth games have been I've been penciled in. They were the two that I, <laughs> I made sure I watched on the stream last season. But those two games, um, I feel like that's one that my old man hasn't watched Yeovil against Weymouth for the donkey's years. So I feel like a, a father-son watching Yeovil against Weymouth is a must-do, really. So they're, they're definitely two games that, even if I have to take annual leave, that would be something that I'm doing, I think. Are you there on Tuesday? Yes, I am actually there on Tuesday. Are so, you there uh, with a pint of Thatchers or with your work head on? Well, I've got my work head on, so probably shouldn't have a pint of Thatchers. Um, but afterwards, I am actually crashing up at mum and dad's after the game, so I might try and stick around. And the marquee is RIP no longer anymore, though, isn't it? I don't think the marquee exists. I'm not sure it exists, but I believe they are planning on opening other bits and pieces. And we're being promised a brand new lovely bar at some point. Or oh, well, there we go. Well, so so that's sorted as well. It would be lovely to christen uh, whatever bar there is there now with the Thatchers after the game. That would be nice, actually. <laughs> Of course, you've got negotiations to do between the managers and the press officers and stuff. So that first 
then the Thatchers. Is that okay? Yeah, although to be fair, Thatchers might actually help with the negotiation. So maybe I'll try and roll the, the two things into one because, you know, <laughs> tongues become looser after a few ciders. <laughs> you know it's a very good plan. Maybe that should be how we do all our preseason uh, negotiations. Just get everybody drunk. It's fine. People will sign anything. So yeah, when, exactly. it com- when it comes to Tuesday then, is it going to be difficult to kind of, do you want a four-all draw? Or do you want, or do you want the oval to kind of click, knowing that Southampton will kind of be okay anyway? Southampton yeah. are fine in the long term. If yeah. the oval could click on Tuesday and get a nice win, score a couple of goals. Yeah, I mean for for the B team, I think the the main goal for those guys is trying to get these players ready to to make the step up into the first team and and kind of continue that pathway through promotion and things is obviously lovely, but I wouldn't say it's you know the the be all and end all. So for me, an ideal result would be the young lads play well. Um, maybe this trialist gets on the score sheet and gets a deal for either team. Not actually worried who he gets a deal for <laughs> in the end, but it would be nice to to see Yeovil click. Um, is it the last preseason friendly? Or so one more after that for Yeovil. One more. We've got the Bournemouth kids as well the week after. I think. Yeah, I think it's a good opportunity against the two young sides. It would be nice if they could kind of build a bit of momentum going into the season. I think. Yesterday's result, I'm sure they'd have walked off the pitch with Ruben's injury as well and been a bit like, oh, wow, this, this isn't ideal. So it would be nice, not, not to paste Southampton, but if they could just get a nice, a nice two, two or three, one win, shall we say, and build a bit of momentum and do the same against Bournemouth, it would be nice to go into that Wrexham game with the guys, you know, free-flowing at least going forward and we go there with a bit of hope. You've heard it here first, Glover's cast listeners. Alex is going to organise a Yeovil 3-1 win. That's been promised. That is a verbal contract, and he cannot go back on it. That sounds like a very fair deal to me. And a loan signing to boost. You've promised us so much here, Alex. I'm sure I've, I've, heard, I'm sure I've heard this correctly, and I am not twisting your words in any way, shape, or form. No, no, I just hope that my uh, the hierarchy at Southampton don't listen to this before the game, because... Uh, Everyone listens. Everyone oh, listens. I know. Ralph will be listening in. Um but hopefully uh, I still make it down to the game and I'm not struck off for my uh, <laughs> for my outlandish claims. If you do, mate, there's probably a place on our bench for you. We're, that, we're struggling, mate. So you can probably play on the oval bench. It's fine. I'll tell right. you, it's not that bad yet, Ben. I'll be honest with you. We're, we're not struggling that much. It ain't far off. It ain't no, far no. off. I do remember once in pre-season with Darren Saar when I was taking pictures of training and ever the joker that he was, he got me involved in the, the pre-match rondo that was going on and... That was that was very short lived. I thought this would be fine, but very quickly I I stepped away from that and picked the camera back up. So I think after him seeing that, there's there's very little chance of me needing to bring my boots on Tuesday. Of course, you you have worked very closely with with Darren Stahl. So I think I'd like to kind of end this sort of chat and this part of the podcast with knowing him as you do in the situation that we're in now, where things aren't quite as positioned as we like, and no one's in an ideal place right now. How is he going about things day to day? Is he the type of guy that will just be in early and go late? Or is he going to try and be quite relaxed about it all? What, how, how, is, how is he, the man, working towards sorting out these few little kinks? Yeah, certainly I think, you know, from the time that I worked with him, you, you never walked in and sensed there was a sort of anxious or nervousness around him with, with any of the scenarios. So I don't think any of the lads will be working in each day and, and getting any sort of sense off of him that he's panicked or worrying about anything. He'll... He'll know what he's got there. And, you know, he, he's not blind. He's watching the games like the rest of us are. So he won't be looking at that and thinking this is the finished product. And I know he used garbage as one of his words to describe yeah. aspects of, of yesterday's game. So, I mean, there's no rose-tinted glasses with, with Darren. But I think with the players that we've got and the kind of characters that they are, they'll respect that from him. They won't be under any illusions as to, 
to what still needs to be done. So he'll be bullish, um, probably one of the most bullish guys I think I've ever met in my life. But I think when you're at Yeovil and perhaps resources aren't what they once were, you need someone who's going to kind of squeeze every ounce of, of every department, if you like. So not just with the football things, but he's fantastic in trying to get everything at the club working to its absolute potential, even though we might not have the resources that other places do. So I know he'll be working so, so hard to a bring players in that he wants to get, but also working with the players that he's got there now to make sure that by the time the season comes around, we're as, as ready as we can be. I mean, the fact that we got that team out at Barnet a couple of seasons ago where we, we dragged the squad together in no time and, and looked competitive. Um, I think that tells you all you need to know about him in terms of how hard he works to, to make sure players are, are ready to, to put that shirt on. So, yeah, it'll be nice to see him on Tuesday. And uh, I don't think he'll have much time to chat to me because I'm sure he's a, he's a pretty busy guy at the minute. But you'll make sure to say hello and introduce him to a few nice strikers, right? Yeah, exactly. The, the unnamed trialist will get shoved into his office. So I'll do my best. <laughs> Just lock him in. It's fine. Uh, Alex, absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. It's been really, really interesting to, to get a little bit of an insider view on this Southampton side, because I think we're all a little bit unsure as to what quite to expect. But it's nice to have that ability to chat to somebody who's had a little bit of a foot in both camps, obviously, recently. Alex, thank you for making your second appearance, possibly, on the Glovers cast. We will get that hat-trick ball in the post to you as soon as you qualify for it. Alex, I really appreciate it, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Top man. Thank you. Thanks, as always, to Ben and Dave for the early morning moan. And thank you for, to Alex for taking time out to chat with us. We'll be back next Monday for another episode. Well, Ben and Dave will be as I am going camping in sunny Cornwall. Who knows, we might sign some players while I'm away. That would be lovely. Until then, keep an eye on gloverscast.co.uk for the latest news. Follow all the social channels and I will speak to you after the win at Wrexham. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.
Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.